0: I stood in a packed sweltering ballroom, digging my toes into the thick peach carpet, trying to steady myself and to not pass out. It was 2am and I'd been wedged into a tight row of other young women, sisters, for hours waiting. Everything inside of me was screaming that I should run, but my training that I'd been taught to be silent and obey was winning. A paunchy Korean man in a sharp business suit stood at the top of the stage in front of the ballroom and pointed, first to a brother, then to a sister. That meant they were matched, engaged. I'd been taught to call this man, Reverend Moon, true father ever since I was a little girl, to believe he was the Messiah. He had picked my parents out for each other. I'd always expected he would do the same for me, This was a moment that my parents, my community, and my religion had prepared me for for years. But at that moment, I knew everything about this was wrong. I was born and raised in the Unification Church, a religious group that the media considers to be a primary example of a cult. Most people remember them as the Moonies. They were one of the most feared new religious movements of the 1970s and 80s and Reverend Moon, a kind of boogeyman. Reverend Moon had matched my parents in the ballroom of the New Yorker Hotel in 1979, likely in a scene very similar to the one I experienced. They were married in a mass wedding, a blessing ceremony, at Madison Square Garden in 1982, and I was born shortly thereafter. Those of us born into the church were called blessed children. Our parents believed that we were the first people since Adam and Eve to be born without original sin. And our purpose was to grow to perfection and participate in a matching and blessing ceremony and have blessed children of our own. In the Unification Church, one didn't date. Flirtatious interactions with the opposite sex were severely frowned upon and all activities were separated by gender. We referred to one another as brother and sister in order to emphasize platonic relations. Sex before marriage was absolutely out of the question. The church had a word for that, falling. To fall was the greatest sin that could be committed and it could not be undone. To fall was to enter the realm of Satan, to be cut off from God and to wound his already suffering heart. And in my upbringing to question what we were taught was to invite Satan and evil spirit world into your mind. To fend off evil, one must quiet the questions and dive further into the teachings of Reverend Moon problem was, I was always inviting Satan in, always questioning. And by 19, I found myself on a terrifying personal precipice. I was seriously considering leaving the Unification Church. I I didn't know if I believed in Reverend Moon in his world or his supposed messianic mission. And as a reflex, I was ashamed and I hated myself. And with no means of supporting myself and no safety net outside of the insular church community, the fear of the outside world was overwhelming. And so instead of leaving the church, I broke down and I allowed my parents to coerce me into a matching at Reverend Moon's 18 acre East Garden Mansion compound in Irvington, New York. And that's how I found myself on the verge of a panic attack in the ballroom at 2 a.m. When Reverend Moon's finger pointed to me, time stopped. I looked deep into the eyes of the man who had bidden me rise with his gesture and I saw nothing. I was gazing into the eyes of the man who was determining my future and I had expected to see some sort of timelessness or to feel as though his eyes were gazing into my soul, but he was just looking through me. Then time sped up, his finger jabbed in another direction, then another, then another, and finally, I looked up at the man that Reverend Moon had chosen for me, the words game over ringing in my ears, and I knew I had just made the biggest mistake of my life. In that moment, my personal truth crystallized for me. I realized that I didn't believe Reverend Moon was the Messiah, nor did I believe in the Unification Church, but I'd let my fear dictate my path. And it led me to this terrible moment where I was about to be married to a stranger. I wish I could say that moment of clarity was it for me. While it was certainly my breaking point where I realized I had to fight for my personal truth over everything else being dictated, I'd realized it too late. At that moment, I was trapped, no matter how hard I fought. A few days later, I found myself standing at the back of that same ballroom, wearing a dress that didn't fit in a mass wedding ceremony that tied me to a stranger. It took me two years of fighting for myself to undo that mistake and to escape that marriage. But that fight gave me the strength, the certainty, and the bravery to face the outside world without the church. It might have been the biggest mistake of my life but it taught me to value myself and my truth and how to fight for it. And today, I am proud of the scars that I earned from that fight.